Hello, dear friends. This is Jerry Lee, the Manifester, and I'm so happy to be with you today. We've had quite a little bit of time getting this put together. You know, we've moved to a new location, and sometimes things are just different as far as all of the connections, and and sometimes um, you have quite a little feat in keeping all your cords together, and we hope that we'll be able to get through this whole uh, three hours uh, right into the new year, <clears throat> but uh, we'll do the best we can. And uh, if we do disappear off of the air, well, you'll know we tried. You know, there's something beautiful about God. There's something beautiful about His Word. In Psalms 8, 3 and 4, it says, When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, what is man? that thou art mindful of him. When I consider the work of your hands, the work of your fingers, what is man that you are so mindful of him? What a statement. How many of you people have been considering this immense universe that lies above your heads? How many of you people just duck in and out of little holes in a house, the door, and into your car, and race back and forth, and forget to take the time to look up into the sky at night, and to notice the marvel of this universe, and of the heavens above it. And scriptures like, like this one, in Psalms 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe the Bible. I mean, I really believe the Bible. And when the Bible tells me that the heavens declare the glory of God, then I want in on that band. That band of communication, that channel of, of glory... I want to get in on that and be in on that. And you know what? God has allowed me to have that opportunity. And so I want to share with you that glory. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech. And night unto night shows knowledge. Who is out there listening? Who is hearing from day to day the speech of the words of God, the expressions of God, the glory of God, the language of the angels? From day to day, every day, it's going on, it's happening. The speech is going on. It's being broadcast throughout the firmament, throughout the heavens. And night unto night is revealing knowledge. Who do you think that God wants to know this? What was the scripture I read to you? The scripture was Psalms 8, 3 and 4. When I consider thy heavens... Have you considered the heavens? Have you really? 
or are you too busy to look up? Have you considered how that is tied in, even the work of, of the fingers of God, how that is tied into the question, what is man? O oh God, that thou art so mindful of him. This universe out there, this handiwork out there, the mysteries of the glories of God, the speech that is speaking every day, the knowledge that is being revealed from night to night is for you, is for what is man, that thou art so mindful. God was mindful of mankind, of humankind, and he put his word in the stars, in the atoms and the molecules, in the daytime, in the nighttime, day into day, was speaking, night into night, was revealing knowledge. Have you considered that? When we are coming to you with this holy manifest revelation, we are doing what the scriptures tell us has been prepared by God for the people who are called mankind to know. God wants you to know. God wants you to stop long enough to lift up your eyes above the hills to whence cometh your help. We want to share with you today some of the incredible and awesome revelations that are being revealed in this universe. One of the most outstanding points of revelation that we have made in these series that we have been doing on the awesome revelations, awesome Bible revelations of the universe, is the wondrous revelation that God speaks about the universe. And we want to touch on that again, because it is the Word of God. And it is what the Bible really reads. And people have been confused because some of the translations were not evident enough for people to see the vastness and to see the awesomeness and to see the ultimate revelation. And so that time has come. And as I started to say, one of the most awesome revelations was when we began to show people that when the Bible says, go you into all the world, that the word for it in several of the cases throughout the New Testament, the actual Greek word was cosmos, which is universe. Go you into all the world and preach the gospel. Go you into all the world and hear the speech from day to day. Go you into all the world and hear the knowledge and learn the knowledge from night to night. Go you into all the world and see the handiwork of God. And as it says in Isaiah, roughly in the 51st chapters area, that God is giving the orders to the, a people upon this planet Earth 
that one day from the foundations of this earth, they will go out and they will plant the heavens. Plant the heavens. The heavens of the universe to the destinata become a universal garden where we will be sent sometimes in bodies physical on voyages, sometimes in the spirit streaking across the skies by spirit power to plant the gardens of heaven. What an exciting time. Turn with me to the book of Revelations, chapter 21. In the book of Revelations, chapter 21, there is something very interesting, and I want to share that with you. Verse 10, Revelations 21.10, And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain. Now, please understand that sometimes people feel that when the Bible says he carried me in the Spirit to a mountain, they immediately think that that was, is necessarily a physical mountain. But once you get into the spirit, then the whole context of reality changes. And the things that you're able to see and to touch and to feel and to know are of such magnitude that the physical reality is dim. When it says a mountain, mountains can mean many other things. Mountains can mean power and authority. He took me to the knowledge of God. It says from night to night, the knowledge of God will be revealed. <clears throat> from day to day, the speech of God will be revealed. He took me by the Spirit. What an adventure! What an exciting moment. He showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, the holy Jerusalem, not just the Jerusalem that is over in Israel, but the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. This planet is descending from out of the heavens. You think there's any reason that you should consider the handiwork of God? You think there's any reason you should consider the marvelous things of the speech from day, from day to day and knowledge being revealed from night to night? Well, the city of God is going to descend from out of heaven. From God. Well, we have taught you in this special teaching that this has to do with a planetome. And this planetome, called the City of God, which was made by very special holy hands at the Father's house. and built and then sent from 
that location of the Father's house in the heavens is going to one day come and descend upon the earth. But when you are able to get into these spiritual, virtual realities, you can see those events before they ever happen. Some people say, well, you know, I'm 50 years old, I'm 60 years old, I'm 70 years old. I'll not live long enough to see some of these things. Oh, my. If you would consider the heavens, the, method, the speech that's going on from day to day, and the knowledge that's being revealed from night to night, you can have this knowledge right now. You don't have to live to be 150 years old to see these things. God can reveal that experience to you and make it real, and you can, ex you can know it as well as if you lived 150 years later. He carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain. This, this mountain is something very special. You know, it's not just a mound of dirt and rock. It's got a greatness to it. It's a great mountain. It's got power. It's got authority. And he showed me from that mountain, of course, from that place of authority of faith, authority of believing, authority to, to see what the average eye cannot see, the authority to have the power over the invisible and be able to turn the invisible inside out so that your eyes can see these things. And the holy Jerusalem was descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as, clear as crystal. There's a crystal ministry here. The Bible talks about the day when the, the discipleship of Moses, the covenant people of Moses, and the discipleship of Jesus Christ, the people of the Christian era, will all be singing and dancing together on the crystal sea. That's not talking about a sea that's frozen over with ice. That's talking about a divine lattice event, an opening up of that lattice, a, a, a coming into a, a pearl of the mind way of thinking. It, it, it's momentous. And it says that, that this city is going to have the glory of God so that the very fibers of that, of that city is going to be imbued with the glory of God. What a transference. What a transformation. And it says, and her light was likened to a stone most precious. Now we see that we have God, and we see that there is the entitlement of 
the Father. And we see there is also the entitlement here of her light was most precious. So we have the Father and we have the Mother. And as we will see a little later, this is about the kings and queens, the kings and queens ministry. And God has given the word that there is to be a king and queens ministry. And people have not always understood that because the Bible says, you know, that you shall be kings and priests. So people say, well, there's nothing mentioned about women there. But no, you're wrong. Because there is the invisible part, the akava, that is the, the solution of riddles. That part. And the word, the priest, the kings and priests, the priest represents the church. And the church is symbolized by the woman. And so there is your queen. So you have the kings and the queens. Ah. And her light. Her light is going to be most precious. Even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. One of the things that has been so sad and disillusional is that there has been a lack of clearness, a lack of that crystallized understanding of things, a lack of being able to really know beyond the shadow of a doubt what is the fact and what is not the fact, what is real and what is not real, what is meant for you personally and what is not meant for you personally. And people coming together in the name of God, in the name of Christianity, many times do not have the word. They do not have the authority. They do not have the knowledge to be able to advise their own flocks. And one prophet described it, I saw the flocks of Israel scattered upon the hills. There has been many scatterings. There have been many times that the flocks struggling, seeking, trembling have been scattered across the land. Now God is saying, it is time to raise up an oracle. It is time to raise up a pearl of great price. It is time to raise up the city of God the city whose queenly light is most precious. And you can experience that now. You can have it added to your credit for having gone to the city of God before it ever even is fully descended upon the earth. Because that's how it works in the spirit kingdom. In the spirit kingdom, there's no forward and backwards. There is just 
a movement. And that movement is always what exactly it is needed to be. And backwards and forward has no resolution as to determination. Determination comes from the power of knowing by that kind of prophecy that Peter described as the more sure word of prophecy. He had been to the Mount of Transfiguration. Ah, the Mount, the mountain, the place of authority, the place of evidence. Wow. Let's keep going. Verse 12. And had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and the gates twelve angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. And if a person takes the time to read this carefully, you'll see that there are twelve gates, twelve angels, twelve names, twelve pearls, twelve foundations, twelve furloins, twelve apostles, and twelve stones. Wow. That's the number eight. That's a good number. Let's go on. Which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel? Now take a note of that. That's very important. Which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel? On the east three gates, and the north three gates, the south three gates, and on the, the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. When you are involved in the quest of knowledge, and in the quest of de discerning, the quest of discerning of spirits and the quest of, of determina determination as to what is precisely the will of God and what is precisely the truth of God. It is so very important that you do not play with fables and guesswork, but that you wait upon the Lord. There's all these different sections of gates, four sections of threes, three on each of these four walls, making a total of 12. All of those descriptive depictions have valuable essence of real, real, uh, manifest realization. So important. When he talks about measuring the city, Someone would say, ah, oh, you won't need to measure it. Why, this was made by 
by the angels, or this was made by the children of God, or, or this was, it says it came down from heaven. And, and it's, you know, why would you measure anything that came down from heaven from God? Well, that would be an insult, wouldn't it? No. When you measure something, you take in the knowledge through the measurement of a digest of what the consistency of that aspect of reality is about that you are measuring. And so there's something that that is beautiful and powerful about that. This golden reed has both the purest mineral on earth and the reed, the representation of, of living green things are both enfolded there. And the pure and the earth is entwined into one entity of an instrument called a measuring device. So that both that which represents the highest ultimate, the gold, and that which represents the common but beautiful flourish of God on the earth is both part of the double aspect of the measurement. Just like you have a body that is physical and you have a body that has a spirit that is spirit and spiritual. Hopefully it is spiritual. It's meant to be. The Bible says that the spirit knows more about the body than, than the body knows about itself. It's like the candle that can search out the innermost parts of the inner being of the human. And so here then, in this story, this beautiful story in Revelations 21, as you're measuring the very city of God, why do you do that? Because you want to know about it. You don't just want to look at it and clump it into a a whole point of being just one depiction. You want to have an understanding. Like, for instance, when the scripture says that this city of God had the glory of God and her light was most precious. You want to know more about the building than just that it's a building and that it's beautiful. You want to know about this glory of God that it has. How do you transfer the glory of God that is, that is crystal-lined in the structure of this archaeology and somehow entwine that and suit yourself in it and dress yourself in it? You have to be able to measure it. And you look at the increments. And you begin to mentally 
take in the number factor and the distance factor and the space factor and the ingredient factor, the material factor. And when you do that, you begin to come into the understanding of the glory. That is said to be a light most precious. Most precious. There are many things that have a precious attribute. But when you are told about something that is king of the crown, top of the mountain, above the above, most precious, the most precious, an opportunity. And the scripture says, have you considered the heavens? Have you considered the handiwork of God? Have you considered that every day, from day to day, the speech of God is being spoken? There is a word going out. We call that in the Holy Manifest Revelation, the sound tron. S-O-U-N-D-T-R-O-N. The sound tron. Because we recognize that as the, the will and the word of God that has been spoken into all existence. And it's in every atom and every molecule. It's in everything that exists. But to most people, you know, it's invisible. It's part of the invisible God thing. They do not see it. They do not comprehend it. They do not grasp it. They do not even desire it because they don't have the knowledge. They haven't done any measuring. And without having done that measuring to know what the ingredients are, to know what the caliber is, they just have general descriptive hints about the building, about the city of God. Oh, for shame. Sad and lingering in shadows. Broken with wheel ajar from the frame. Sad and touching acorns of misery. Acorns that have too long gone without being used and have started to rot. Sad and like seeing things that are around you that have forebodenness, despair, hunger, depravity, anger, uselessness, frustration, but not being able to see the good things, the happy things, the beautiful things, the precious things, the lovely things, and the wonderful things. Sad. So sad. And so, the wall of the city had 12 foundations. People are caught up into this idea of just having one foundation. Someone says, oh, yeah, well, that's Bible. 
Is it? Oh, sure, the Bible says no other foundation can a man build on other than that foundation of Christ. That's right. But had you ever considered that that foundation of, tw of Christ is a unity of 12 foundations? I mean, that's Bible. So this thing of the 12 foundations isn't stuck into one little mania scribble of a few lines that reconcile what a foundation is supposed to be. But here we have substantiation. We have authority. We have confirmation. We have greatness. We have power. We have telesthesian insight. There's something bold. There's something that tears apart rottenness and spews it far away. There's something great, like a pearl of great price. There's something wonderful, like a thing called love. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. Thank you, Jesus. Revelations 21. A city descending from God. A city descending from heaven. A city that incorporates in its very structure crystalline prisms that contain a reconciliation of compliance in a symbolic and metaphoric way of representing the glory of God. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations. Sometimes people, you wonder why you are so easily toppled. You wonder why that with your faith, with your belief, with your church, with your ideologies or ideologies, as different people say it, that you do not have just a strict and true path of peace and freedom and painlessness and hope. And the dreams when you wish upon them so many times end up in a terrible despair and the dream of your heart just doesn't seem to come around the roulette wheel that the world plays is a cheat it will steal the thunder of love from you it will steal the compassion of tenderness from you. It will steal the preciousness of looking through your eyes in kindness, a kindness so delivering that when people see it in you, they don't even see you anymore. They see God 
They see that God has planted his tabernacle in you, and you are one of his angels. Blessed be God. And so, it has 12 foundations. If one part is needed to support another part, it is there. If the other part needs another part to support it, it is there. And on and on and on for 12. And that 12 is not just an any old kind of number. First off, horizontally, value numerical-wise, it equals three. It could be a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And many other things it could represent, like resurrection, new day by the resurrection. Wow. And so, wow. And, the, and in them, in the foundations, the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. We understand that the twelve apostles of the Lamb, they're human beings, just like you and I. We know that one of them didn't make it, named Judas. We know that another one, one time, got so out of line with the right kind of thinking that Jesus turned to that disciple, whose name was then Peter, and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. They were human, just like we're human. They metaphorically represent us as the disciples of God, the disciples of the Lord Jesus, Son of the Father which art in heaven. And there's something beautiful and not lonely about that, something glorious and not plain about that, something accountable and not holes in a bag that holds no values. Something mind-opening and not a relative to the black hole. Dear people, dear listeners, strum your mind today. I have so many powerful, important things to share with you. I want to speak the words today from the Holy Spirit that will hone a tuning within you. That the soundtrons will strum the voice of the many living waters. And you will grow and grow and grow until you touch that summit of a new strength and you can say that you have entered the rest, R-E-S-T, the rest of the Lord. Wow. In every one of those foundations, the names of the apostles, it's in the foundation. 
don't think that you've got to climb the highest mountain out there to get your name put up on the peak to the apex, to the the highest height top. The very structure that's holding up the whole city of God, the 12 foundations, will have your name in it written, which no man, nor animal, nor beast, nor mark of the beast, nor image of the beast, can ever, ever, ever cause you to forfeit. Your name will be written, indelibly imprinted, and inscribed in the very foundation of the work that God has called you to. He doesn't wait until you've gone over the Jordan. Before you ever go over the Jordan, if you never stepped your foot in the, in the river, you would have already had the credit for going over the Jordan because in you was the power to step out into the Jordan and to cause the river to roll back. That's how advanced that the Spirit of God is. That's how leading, that's how glorious, that's how sure a foundation that it is. Blessed be the name of God. Wow. Okay. Now, there's some interesting things here. So neat. Verse 15, And he talked with me, and he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. You measure the city as a whole. You want to know the unfoldment of the composition. Then you measure the walls, the walls that separate you from the outside environment and to your inside environment. It's so important that you have an understanding of the spiritual in, in nature that is necessary to provide you the kind of protection mentally, spiritually, physically, and honestly with yourself. You need, you need to have this understanding. And without that understanding, without knowing what those walls are about, without knowing the measurement, you've got to measure it so that you can know what it is. And then the gates, yes. You've got to measure that too because those are the, the ways in and the ways out. And you need to know the, the goings and the comings. And you need to have an understanding about that. So we start getting into this revelation of God, uh, of his invisible word. And when you begin to open up the treasure, uh, the treasure uh, within you, and that light comes shining like a, a flood out of darkness and turns on into your soul. You need, you need to have a measurement of that. You need that. Okay. 
Now, we begin to see how important it is. And in verse 16, in verse 16, And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth, and he measured the city with the with the reed, twelve thousands furlines. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. There is a mystery here. There is a mystery here. If you broke down the figures that are given in this chapter, in verse 16 you would have 1,400 miles or 2,200 kilometers or kilometers of the city. The wall would be 200 feet or 65 meters tall or 25 stories high. But yet at the same time as you are measuring this, just as I have shown you here, there is a differentiation of measurement. Even though it says here in the 16th verse at the bottom of the verse, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, did you, did you hear what I read? Can you imagine, uh, say you're in a city, and let's say to get across that big city is 100 miles. Then that would mean that the walls were 100 miles high if they were all equal of the same measurement. Can you imagine any walls being 100 miles high? Obviously, there is something different in the meaning of that word equal. There's something invisible that's not being noticed. Something very important. And guess what? We're going to get into that, but we're going to take a little interlude, about a five-minute interlude right now, Janet Lee at the Baldwin Organ. Thank you. 
Thank you, Janet Lee. And now, chapter 21 of Revelation, verse 16. 16, chapter 21. And the city lieth for a square. I could take that simple verse there, and I could broaden that. That four square is quite a revelation. And what it creates is an unbroken perimeter because it seals itself in, in all of the different directions, east, west, north, south. You have a perimeter, and that perimeter is blocked in with the construction of these walls, separating you from the outside environment to an inside environment, and yet allowing, according to the architectural plan, three gates in each direction of the four directions of life. So that even in those directions of life, whether it would be east or west, you go out these three gates, the aperture for penetrating into a motivated direction can veer. One could be off, say, to the left side. One could be off to the right side. One could be straight ahead. And there could be variations to that by degrees. So the the compass of it is far for purpose of exceeding any limits that might be perpetrated in a negative way with negative value. The potential is great and magnificent and notable and authoritatively expressed is four square. And the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed. Twelve thousand furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. It's interesting that Jesus said, that in the resurrection, when the angels are in their angel bodies, or when the messengers, the fallen messengers, the failed messengers, the mortals, the humans, have risen from their bodies of clay and, and earthen, that there will rise a spirit and in Corinthians chapter 15, it says, that which we sow is not that which will rise. Something is going to rise that is different from something that has been sown. Regardless of what country you are from, regardless, regardless of what nativity you are from, of what color you are from, That is not the guarantee of what is going to rise. That's just a plant on the earth, on the planet. But there's going to rise. <laughs> 
something that was destined before you ever entered the first mortal fiber, before you ever were tartarooed into the first aspect of mortal imprisonment in the human body. And Jesus said, you will rise and the angels will be equal. Equal. And that is what it says here in the scripture about these different walls, even though they're different heights and there's different dimensions, yet there is a quality which is the important factor of the whole depiction that over exercises its dominion. And when I say over-exercises, I don't mean it does it in extreme and excess, but that it takes dominion over all things so that it has the authority over nature and over spirit. And when that moment happens, you will not want to really look back on the trail of flesh and blood. You will want to look to who you once were. And the Bible says the day will come when you will be known as you were once known. As you were once known. Oh, there's a beautiful story about that in Romans. It's, it's beautiful. And maybe we'll have time to go into some of that. And so, this thing of being equal is important. And we're, we're going to go in, into that. Don't lose your spot in Revelations. But let's look here at verse 17 first before I show you a comparative. And he measured the wall thereof. Notice how many times it talks about he measured this, he measured that, he measured the city, he measured the foundation, he measured the wall. A hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. I know some of the new translations did not like how King James had that part in there, that is, of the angel. Because there's such a reality focus there. There's such a scope that this man is a man, he's a mortal with an animal body, but yet there is encaptured within that frame of mortality the angel. And there just are times, ladies and gentlemen, there just are moments when people rise above their own flesh and blood, rise above their own humanness and mortalness, rise above their, their vain and, and their wanton and, and their lustful aspect of nature. And they reach out and they touch that golden sunshine that comes right from the heart of God. And when that happens to them, even if it's for a few instances, it changes them for those instances. And they wholly in those inst instance, instances 
belong to that shining radiance of God. And here we see something provocative, scintillating, mysterious, challenging, and overriding of an inscribed message that seems to be syncopated with all kinds of vibration, and yet it is somehow so cradled within this perimeter of spiritual knowledge that only the certain moment, the certain opening of the heart will release that truth and that knowledge. And God is wanting to release that truth and that knowledge today as you are listening on this broadcast. Release it to these people, dear Lord. Release it by the Holy Spirit this very moment. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the city lieth four square, and the length of it large as the breadth. And you measure the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are the same. Now, don't lose your place there. We'll come back. But skip with me over to Revelations chapter 7. These are all things you need to know to be able to get into this universal revelation. Now, here's what it says. In Revelation 7, it says some very interesting things. It talks about, in 7, about the sealing. Let's look at verse uh, uh, 3. And the angel was saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servant of our God in their foreheads. I certainly wish, I certainly hope, I certainly ascribe and press forward that the Christian civilization would get off that railroad track that preaches nothing but collision and derailment or majorly preaches that. Sometimes throw in some other things. And they would be preaching what it says here. And the angel said, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. That's the way you want to think. That's the way you want to pray. That's the way you want to believe. You need to talk to the storm. Walk on through the night with your head up high. Even if gale winds are blowing out there, walk up straight with your back cranked up, your chin held high. 
and speak to that storm and demand it in the name of Jesus Christ not to hurt any of the sons or daughters of God until they have been sealed in their forehead, until their minds have been sealed with the soul-saving power of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus Christ. You need to talk to them. Some of those people are represented by trees. Some of those people are represented by the element of the earth. Some are represented by the sea. It doesn't matter what part of the world that they live in, what nation they are, what their religion is. They're still souls. You need to speak to the storm. You need to speak to the threats. You need to speak to the sun flares, to war, to the spirit of annihilation, to the spirit of deception, and commanded in the name of Jesus Christ that it hurt not the soul people until God has sealed them in the forehead. Now that's not a ridiculous thing. Because otherwise, why would that need even be done? Why wouldn't it just be automatic that it would be a known thing that all the principalities and the forces would know they could not hurt any of these people until they were sealed? But obviously, there's these people that are vulnerable. There's a danger there that they could be harmed and in harm's way by the forces of nature and the forces of gravity that come from political upheavals and national, uh, uh, you know, war-minded uh, mongering. So you've got to tend to the tune that is going on out there. And when you hear these tunes coming out about war and these tunes coming out about the end of the world and about destruction and, and the great killings and the great dyings, you need to speak to nature and speak to the world and in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost you need to tell them don't touch any of these trees don't touch this earth don't touch the sea until God has sealed these people in their forehead and if that was just frivolous if that was just unimportant if that was just not necessary then it wouldn't need to have been written. But that's an example for you and for me. We have to stand up and we have the power to stand up because we have that power through Jesus Christ and by his Holy Spirit. Blessed be the name of God. Now let's go on because there's some good stuff here. Verse 4. And I heard the number of them which were sealed and there were sealed a hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah, twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Reuben, twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Gad, twelve thousand. Of the tribe of, of Asher, twelve thousand. 
Nephtalim, 12,000. Manassas, 12,000. Simeon, 12,000. <laughs> 12,000 times 12,000 is 144,000, which it says right here in that verse. Verse 4, And I heard the number of them which were sealed. God is wanting you to hear the number tonight. God is wanting you to hear the number as part of the measurement. It's part of the measurement. God wants you to hear that. As you begin to hear this number of the measurement, you say, whoa, where have I heard that 144,000? Where have I heard that? Where have I heard that 12 times 12 business? Where have I heard that? And then you go back over into Revelations 21. Wow. Wow. Verse 16. And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth, and he measured the city, and is 12,000 furlongs. And the length and the breadth and the width are the same. He measured the wall. Thereof, a hundred and forty and four cubits. And there you are. We'll have your revelation here if we get to it about the cubit. How it ties into time. And there you are. This city of God <laughs> is actually a symbolic representation of the 12,000 times 12,000 people of spiritual Israel. And the 144,000 doesn't represent just 144,000 entities like lots of people have thought. Because the height and the width and the length are all equal. Even though they are miles apart in, of difference in actuality of measurement. So that the summation of the revelation is that when you begin to get the, the insight to the invisible, the things that in the, the revelation of Akava, which is the revelation of the solution to riddles, an ancient, ancient word and teaching in the, in the Bible, in the ancient Hebrew, that when you get that revelation and you really, really begin to see it and to understand it and to be motivated by it and, and, and all of the, you know, the, the eyes that are jammed with, with all of these, these false crystals, that you can't see through. And they're like scales. And Jesus spits into the dirt and he, he anoints the earth, which is symbolic of your body. And he reaches up and he touches you. And the scales fall off of your eye, off your eyes. And you see, what had been invisible to you is now visible. It's a message from God. In that day, 
they that were blind and could not see will see. In that day, says Isaiah, they that could not hear will hear. In that day, they who had stammering lips and trembling tongues will speak the truth. In that day, says the Apostle, they shall be set free. Yes, there was Babel. Yes, there was Nimrod. Yes, there's the dragon. Yes, there's the serpent. Yes, there's the plot of the scorpions. Yes, there's the forces of the principalities of darkness. But may I tell you that there is something greater and more powerful and more real and so simple is called the love of God. The love of God. The love of God is rich and pure. The love of God is rich and pure. Ah. Ah. And it's powerful enough to stop the scorpions, to stop the serpents, to stop the demons. Because even these evil forces and principalities, when they see that look of kindness, of compassion and love in your eyes, they will stop and they will turn around. I tell you a fact. So we see the revelation of the city of God. Although there is a, yes, a virtual reality and yes, a real manifested reality in which this city will come down, it is still symbolic of, of the people from all of the races, from all of the tribes, from all over the world that will become the redeemed of the kinsman redeemer who is Jesus Christ. And they will represent this 144,000, which isn't just 144,000, but that number is an incredible revelation. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we begin to see the importance of this teaching. We begin to see how that there is so much there is so much. And in the third verse, And I heard a great voice out of the heavens saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Wow. Verse 5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. That's your deal. That's your promise. That's your pearl of great price. That's your eternal justification. That's your place in the hand of God. 
and kiss from the heart of God. I make all things new. You are going to be equal to the highest wall. You are going to be equal to the greatest length and breadth and width. You are going to be equal. The measurement doesn't determine it. It provides an analysis. But the Spirit makes the determination. And behold God, when you get into the tabernacle of this mind and the tabernacle of that faith, you become changed. Changed from the creature that you are. And so, we see then that if we would carry this on, and, and we'll do it a little bit. Verse 17, chapter 21. And he measured the wall thereof, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like into clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The one thing, as you are a, a person in apostolic faith, brand it into the serialization of those foundations that you won't just be made out of one idea, one thought, one consideration. You will be a composition of many different acts of beauty you will be a composition of many different flourishes of thoughts so full of grandeur, so full of divine disposition, so full of erections of being able to stand and to fulfill the, the question of God that says, who will be able to stand? You will be able to stand. You will be able to stand. You will be able to fulfill it. And your foundation will have sapphire, chalcedony, emerald, sardius, sardox, chrysolite, beryl, Oh, I'm telling you, folks, you'll have all these beautiful natures, spiritual revenue, divine comprehension. You will be humbly sophisticated. You will be poised in a focus that allows you to see the invisible. To see the invisible. Now, I want you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Let's sort of wrap up this one little part here. It's so important. In the th third chapter of Ephesians, 
Here's what it says. Verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I know that some of you have bowed your knees to Jesus Christ, the Son. Jesus Christ, the Son, who says, Whatever I do, I do what my Father tells me to do. What I have seen and heard that my Father does, that I do. <clears throat> what my Father tells me to do, that is what I do. What the will of my Father is, that is my will. I know you've bowed to Jesus, and there's nothing wrong with that, and that's good. But I wonder if you had the understanding that John had here when he wrote this text. I wonder if you had that understanding. For this cause, there are times that there is a cause when you are allowed to go beyond the sun. Someone says, you can't go beyond the sun. Yes, you can. Jesus is a temporary name. The Bible says Jesus will be given another name right now that no man knows. Because the, the word Jesus basically is Savior. But once all of the saved that are going to be saved are saved, that name will not be necessary anymore. And he'll have a new name. You can go beyond that and look, look what happens. Look what the Bible says. Hey, listen to the Bible. Don't listen to yourself. How far have you gotten listening to yourself? Listen to what it says here. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what did Jesus Christ say to the disciples and to the world? When you pray, pray after this manner. Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Who did he tell you to pray to? Our Father, which art in heaven. You're going to have all kinds of crystals, all kinds of beautiful stones. There's Michael the Archangel. There's Gabriel the Archangel. There's all kinds of beautiful divine ones. The Bible says in the 18th chapter of Matthew that every person has a guardian angel. Uh, you're going to be beautifully decorated. And this is what it says. I'm reading it. I'm in the third chapter of Ephesians that the... The 14th verse, for this cause. There's a cause. And what did it say in verse 13? Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. He understood that when he was confronted with tribulations, he didn't go around groaning and moaning and But he understood that whatever came his way, he would embrace it to the best that he could for the kingdom. He, he would render it unto God. And, and that put him into a category of being able to go direct to the Father which art in heaven. And after this manner pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hello, Father. 
Hello, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in, on earth. Hallowed be thy name, Father. Hello, Father. I love you. Hello, Father. Our Father, which art in heaven. Oh, so powerful. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of, preposition of, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. The whole family of heaven and earth Who's it talking about on earth? The fallen angels, failed angels, the ones that have become humans, that are going to get that are going to get delivered, that are going to get born again from above. I want you to hear what it says. I want you to hear what it says. The of whom? The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom? The whole family in heaven and earth is named. Who you are. Your saint number. Your identity of name is all connected to the Father which art in heaven. It's a family affair. It's an ophanim revelation. Wheel ministry revelation. Wheel in the middle of the wheel. Like your body is the Gilgal. That's the physical wheel. And your spirit is the Ophan. That's the spirit wheel. Wheel in the middle of a wheel. Wow. And blessed be the name. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. God doesn't want you to be determined that you're going to live in, in poverty. Do you know that I pray? I pray in my prayers in the morning. And I say, oh God, I pray for the poor of the earth. And I pray for those who are homeless. I pray for the blind. I pray for the deaf. I pray for the paralyzed. I pray for the handicapped. I pray for those who are in lands and they are experiencing malnourishment and starvation and, and do not have the water to bathe and to, to drink and to nourish their body. I pray for them on a regular basis. They need our prayers. We have the gift from God to be able to pray that. And the Bible says in the book of John that you can ask these petitions and it will not be denied. It's Bible, it's Scripture. It's the Word of God. And let's go on here. That He would grant you according to the riches of His glory. If you get granted according to the riches... This isn't according to some wimpy, uh, fiddly, dinky, docky little thing. You are talking about the riches of God. And according to those riches of God, they're asking that it be granted. And to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, the inner person, the Spirit that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, 
Now get on to this, what's coming up. That ye being that ye being rooted and grounded in love. Now God wants this rooted and grounded revelation, this understanding of what measurement, measuring the city, measuring uh, the environmental outside and inside of the walls, measuring the interests, the, the coming and the goings. He wants that to get down to a point where you are obeying the, the Lord, where you are understanding what you're doing, understanding what you're working with, and you have a knowledge because the speech of God is speaking every day. And the knowledge of God is being provided every night. It's filling the whole world, all the skies, all the whole world. And here's why. That you may be grounded and rooted, or rooted and grounded in love, and may be able to comprehend with all saints. Now you see there's a comprehension that is needed here. It's not just something to say, oh well, it, it says that that was a, a two-by-four, so that's no big thing. It's, it's, it's two-by-four. But he says, no, he says this is deeper than that. You may be able to comprehend with all saints. He wants all the saints to have a knowledge about the universe, the handiwork of God. He wants all the saints to have that knowledge. You may, have, you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. God wants you to comprehend the saints with the saints, the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. That is the plan of God. That is the will of God. That is what God wants you to have. That's, that is what will please God. When the city of God becomes a manifest reality in your mind and heart, then it will be so because you will have come to understand the length and the breadth and the height are equal. Wow. This is an understanding of coming spirit to spirit. This is another way of cleaning out your chimneys, of cleaning out your dens, of garnishing your homes by casting down imagination that exalts against the knowledge of God. There are people out there that are preaching that we don't need to know these things. We'll understand them in the by and by. There are people that say, talk about just the simplicity, that's all you need. And yet, when you look at the human body that the Bible says is wonderfully and beautifully made, it becomes very, 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 very clear that there is a, an extensive complication or complexity, I should say, of that entity. Humans are very complex. There's a complexity that is astounding with the brain, with the with the the whole system of the of the body. And and so if God has made man with all that that extensive complexity, do you mean to tell me that he doesn't have some really deep knowledgeable things that he wants all 
the saints to know? Absolutely he does. Absolutely he wants you to know. He wants you to believe. He wants you to have the revelation. Now, we were talking about um, the book of the war of the gods. And um, we know that uh, that there's you know a lot that has been uh, already said about that in the teachings that there there was a book that was written it's been lost they've got a few little chronicalized uh, mentions of it in various uh, um, religious antiquities but they don't have the story the beautiful story has been it's been lost to the people because of sin. Just like many other spiritual facets have been lost. And this, this war that of, of, of the gods, you know, and, and, and this understanding as, as, as to that reality uh, is absolutely essential for people to understand that uh, there is a dragon war against the invisible Bible. There is a dragon war against the invisible God. And God wants us to have a knowledge of understanding. Now, let's look at, um, at Daniel 4. In the book of Daniel, go to your, your Bible, and let's look at Daniel 4. Now, I know that when I first intended to do this, uh, this teaching, my intention was to do five hours. And I knew I would need five hours to even begin to cover the subjects. Uh, but we have been working so hard, just almost day and night, to uh, make this move. It's, it's turned out to be an incredible thing. And, uh, you know, uh, different ones have fought all kinds of things. I've, I had to, f I, I ended up getting a, a really bad wisdom tooth and, and, uh, thank God, God delivered me from, from that. And, uh, then I ended up with an ear, middle ear infection and I was wavery all over the place as I was trying to move things. But, you know, uh, the, the family said to me, Jerry, we just don't want you to do the five hours. That's just too much. You've been working too hard. We think that that would not be good. So sometimes you got to listen to your family. So we're only going to do the three hours, uh, you know, and I'm not going to begin to be able to get into this message, but I will continue it on, and we will uh, we will have some weekends uh, rallies to finish out what I intended to do in that five hours. It may end up taking seven hours, but it, we, we will get to it. Okay, Daniel 4, and, and we're looking at verse 30. And this is an interesting uh, verse here. And here's what, it, here's what it says. The king spake and said, Is not this the great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom of my might and of my power and for the honor of my majesty? And while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. Now here is a, a worldly king 
of a very worldly kingdom, Babylon. And um, uh, he no doubt was a brilliant man. And uh, he no doubt did have some uh, great ideas on the beautification of, of the city of Babylon, the hanging garden, the gardens and the hanging gardens and the various things that he did and the, the portraits and the colors and the paints. And, uh, but um, he failed to recognize God. And he was very confident in himself. And uh, he sort of thought of himself as a God. And finally, one day when he said, is not all this the great city I have built? And that was it. When he said that, the voice spoke and said, you went too far. The gifts of God that were inherent in you from birth, that's all part of the wonderful DNA plan of God, of these bodies that were wonderfully made, you've taken all the credit to yourself. Nebuchadnezzar, your kingdom is departed from you. I'll tell you, people need to stop getting so engrossed with the, with the physical world that they live in. Out of one hole into another hole. All down on one level, just rushing and jamming and <clears throat> trying to make something out of what is not the real thing. And they're not doing what the Bible talks about to consider the heavens that God has made and the speech that's going on every day and the knowledge that's being revealed every night. And they get caught up in this world of their own. And when you do that, it's, it's a serious game. You are playing a game of death because you could just be taken away. It could just suddenly come to you or come upon you, thy kingdom has been taken from you. You no longer have manageability, managerial ability. You have lost the kingdom of God because of what you have lacked in what you have not done and what you have said, taking credit that did not belong to you. Now, it's strange that I felt to throw that in at this point, but I did. And I just felt that uh, it was needed to be said because somehow God has put on my heart to get this, this message I'm speaking tonight out to, to people as we move out of the year 2012 into the year 2013. Excuse me. And so, I want you to be conscientious of these things. And I want you to understand that this message that's being spoken to you today is, is a message directly to some of you individuals in a very deep, sincere, and important way. And the value is beyond anything that this world would ever have to compare. And so I just hope and I just pray that uh, you just really take this with 
with a seriousness. Now, while we're still in Daniel 4 and 30, um, there's an interesting thing here uh, I'd like to read. Um, and um, in, in this particular scripture here, um, there is a, a mention of latter days. And I thought it was extremely very interesting. Um, how that way, way, way back in the days of, of uh, the book of Daniel, the early part of the book of Daniel, it's already talking about the latter days. And I thought, wow, people just don't seem to get this thing about the mystery of the time. And because they don't get this thing about the mystery of the time, they miss out on the reality of the time. And it is so absolutely important for people to become cognizant and to realize what this whole thing about time really is. And until they do understand what the whole meaning of what time is really about, then it's just going to be a very, very sad and very shapeless uh, progress of their life because the only way they're really going to get anywhere is when they begin to come into these deeper understandings, which to do that, they're going to have to open up their hearts and open up their minds and open up their their faith. So this thing about about truth and about the book of the wars that has been lost we want to we want to open that up. God has given us the insight to be able to open up that book of the wars of God, and and to show how real that this this war is that is going on between the principalities of the, of darkness and the principalities of light. We saw in Revelations twelve seven how that Michael the archangel fought with <clears throat> Lucifer, Satan, the dragon. Michael the archangel and his angels fought against Lucifer, Satan, the dragon, and his angels. And that depiction is to make us know how that this spiritual war that is going on is of such a major concern. And that this book that's been lost called the Book of Wars, which I want to reveal to you uh, parts of it that is revealed in the Bible that can that can be found and that can be uh, comprehended and realized that is that is written in, in, in the Word of God and I've already uh, shown you some of those truths I want to to take you deeper I want to take you into the land of the Nephilim and uh, and reveal Edriel uh, the underground life and uh, I, I want to, uh, uh, to, to, to show you about these uh, nef Nephilim and these, uh, like the uh, uh, Og's uh, home town where he had his bed that was 14 feet long and 6 feet wide. Um, I, I want you to, to not only go all these places on the earth, 
I, I want you to go over to uh, Lebanon to Tyre and and Tyrus and and out to the Mediterranean Sea and be able to see under the waters there where once there was a land that went all of the way uh, up the peninsula to, um, to to like Greece and how that all of that land has has fallen into the in, into the Mediterranean a lot of it has washed around the rock of the Gibraltar uh, out through that opening uh, in into the Atlantic, uh, but uh, some of it has has washed uh, over the when the when the uh, there was that great overflow into the Black Sea has washed over its banks into that area, but there is still enough there to tell a story uh, of 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 an existence that that going way way back in time thousands and thousands and thousands of unaccounted years in which there have been huge, powerful uh, um, civilizations on this earth that has been lost to the history of mankind. And, and these wars have been going on in those civilizations. And we are shared with you how that these wars were even carried to the planets, which... Most people didn't even know that that the planets were named in the Bible, and that there is a whole story in the Bible about these planets and how that that Mars and and Jupiter and Saturn and the, and their moons and all that have a part. They have a part in the history of of this world of wars that's going on between the principalities. And and this goes way way back in time, and 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 we're talking such vast amounts of time that the bulk of the Christian race cannot accept it. They cannot accept it because it goes against uh, uh, their ideologies about uh, the creation of which they do not have right. And so, getting this this thing, you know, in proper perspective and in proper knowledge. And really understanding, uh, you know, the the full aspect of it is one hundred percent one hundred percent necessary. I want I want to get into some things here, uh, but we're just about time for another interlude. Five minutes with Janet Lee at the Baldwin Organ. Thank you, Janet.
So the way that it is, dear friends, is that the scope of this Holy Manifest Revelation is so vast, is so expansive, is so all in detail and all in notice of fined, refined, refined revealing that you must have a heart that yearns a heart that yearns to know the truth to be set free, that yearns to want to know what the heavens are saying, that want to know about this invisible Bible revelation, which for sure the Book of Wars is. And, and, and I I'm, I'm want to get into that book, and I'm going to have to extend this and do it over a course of time. But, you know, in the Manifest Revelation, one of the great things, of course, as I've said, and, and people can go back to the teachings and listen to these, to these uh, astounding Bible revelations, uh, you know, of the Bible. That's a whole series. Uh, but, you know, one of the astounding revelations was the revelation uh, where it was talking about, you know, um, when the Bible talks about the world. And the Bible says, you know, go ye into all the world. And, and actually, the Greek word is going to the cosmos. And um, I, I want to emphasize that. I've emphasized it. I want to emphasize it again, that if people don't understand that this message is for the whole universe, then they're missing out on everything. And if, and if, if the people are, that are going to call themselves Christians just believe that the world is going to end in a short time and Christ is coming in a short time, which is not what the Bible teaches. There's no human being. There's no doctorate. There's no, I don't care how authoritative, how knowledgeable in their teachings can show by the Bible that teaching because it is not there. Uh, you know, in Matthew 24, it says there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and there's going to be famine, there's going to be hearts, hearts failing for fear, there's, there's going to be, you know, earthquakes, all those things, it's going to happen. But it said, this is not the end. That's what it says, Matthew 24. This is not the end. It's just the beginning, it says. Just the beginning. And yet, the, the, it's being called the end. It's being called the final episode. I had a, a fellow who's a fairly uh, you know, established person, has a pretty good following. I won't mention his name or give him away. But I, I talked to him some time back. And he told me that there was this series of, of terrible events that was going to come upon the United States. He named them, and he named the different months that they were going to be happening in 2012, and then it culminating with the horrible destruction uh, in December of uh, 21. And, uh, uh, and I, says, I said, what are you going to do if those things don't come to pass? And he says, if those things don't come to pass, he says, I'll commit suicide. And I said, my God, man. I said, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to throw your life away? Because these things that you have misconstrued and made an error on uh, did not come to pass because they are not going to come to pass. I said, what you should do is come and see me and spend a, a, a few days or a week 
And let me really show you the word so you can see that there is a time thing. And without understanding this time thing, you cannot understand the, the, the millions of years that have gone by on this earth. You cannot understand these great civilizations that existed before. You cannot understand these wars that have taken place with the powers and principalities on other planets. And yet those things, as I've shown you already, are in the scriptures. And I have even more scriptures that I want to profound on those subjects. And so it is very important that you people, uh, when you begin to see these, these prophecies, I told people, they said, this year, 2012, the dollar will crash. The, the United States is going, in, is going into bankruptcy. I said, that is not going to happen. It's not happening this year. They're not, it's, no things are not going to happen. And, and people say, oh, well, you're just totally wrong. I said, no, I'm not. And, and they're expecting the end. And, and get online and read some of the, the, the things that I, I have said and taught people and said they're not going to happen. And... How long do people want to follow all this this folly and, and, and this flippant uh, mentality uh, that is just a, a, a ditch dug, uh, you know, in the, into the corral of hell, and and just dealing with the bickering and the and, and and the backbiting and the stabbing and the wounding and the conflicts and the warring? Uh, it, I'm telling you. It's time to get involved in the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, and it's time to get into that understanding that the Word has been made flesh. You know, uh, we have this thing uh, with the Ten Commandments. But although when you read in the Bible, and you'll see where it says Ten Commandments. If you really go back to the original Hebrew, it does not say Ten Commandments. That cannot be found in the Hebrew. What it says is Ten Words. Now that is so importantly different, because Ten Words is quite different than saying Ten Commandments. When you say Ten Commandments, you specify it into Ten Particulars particulates you and and uh, and there's a big difference uh, but when you put it into just 10 words then in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh now the word can be made all kinds of things the word's been made different kinds of animals the word's been made earth and waters and rivers and grains and 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 skies and stars and suns uh, the word's been made uh, into all these things and and so when you begin to understand and you get out of that those particulars of the ten commandments and you have ten words then you understand when the first set of commandments was was uh, was broken that the ten words were, were were still written the same. There was still contained within those ten words, but the, the the twin things that always happen: the positive and the negative. That always happens. And in this teaching that I've done, showing showing this double image that is always there in nature and in in both the spiritual and the physical world, uh, uh, to to an extent of time and place, and and so 
it is so important for people to come into this understanding of the long time. Until they get into this understanding of the long time, they're not going to be able to understand the universe. They're not going to be able to understand what has happened from before. And they're going to be caught up with all of this, this destructive thing. And, and they're just going to, they're just going to, to totally miss out. Now, uh, <clears throat> when, when we start getting into, you know, the, uh, Omega revelation, and the Alpha uh, Revelation. Those things are absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, we get into talking about other spaces. Like, uh, for instance, in the Bible, um, in, the, in both the Old and New Testament, the King James Version speaks of the space of time. This is, in most instances, uh, referring to a duration of time. However... Some of the Hebrew and, and Greek words translated space have the potential for meaning dimension or span of distance. The Hebrew word malah is translated as space, Leviticus uh, 25.30 KJ, and means fullness, to be fenced, to be set, and such a word, therefore, can by additional meanings represent a distance of measurement. We've been talking about measurements and, and, or a dimension. Additionally, the Greek word, uh, epi is translated space, Acts 19.10, KJ, and means over, toward, above, against, and beside. Uh, it can mean super impositions. Uh, the potential of this word can easily be applied to mean a representation of measurement in space as well as time. Uh, uh, even the f uh, famous Hebrew word yom used so frequently for time, such as day, age, end, ever, year, and etc., is also translated space. Uh, Deuteronomy two thirteen and fourteen. You can you can mean physical occurrences such as being hot or weather. For instance, the term weather, when used mathematically, means to pass to the windward of a point of land. Consequently, one could see by certain uses of such a uh, word the additional definition or distance or dimension. Uh, so. As you look at this from the point of an analytical examination, uh, it would be uh, reasonable uh, to to have a consideration of the contextual placements of all of these words as they are found in the Bible, so that you understand them contextually and therefore discern what the Bible is really saying. And and yes, sometimes it does incorporate customs and idioms uh, uh, of the language of the people. But those things also have additives that help uh, better define uh, certain meanings. So so it's it's um, it, it's it's very very important. Uh, scholars have found, the linguists and scholars have found that many of these ancient writings are layered. And layered uh, is, uh, means a word or a phrase uh, can have a main meaning plus one or more additional bits of information that may or may not modify the main topic word. So sometimes within the complex of a of a word itself, because it has these additional uh, meanings, there is 
provided within that context a modification of so that it could be understood not to mean what is the main line definition. And so that once you understand that, and, and, and you are able to take a, 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 a part of the root and apply it, then you are able to get what the really meaning, what the real meaning of the context is. When you miss the real meaning of the context, you miss what the message is, and you miss the invisible, uh, the invisible insight that God has given. So these are things that are just so absolutely uh, important. It's it's like you know when you get into the mathematical world world and you get into uh, linear transformations, uh, you know transforming the elements of one uh, set into the unique elements of another set. Uh, uh, you know in mathematics, uh, I've explained this to you before. That's called mapping. Uh, you know, and there's all kinds of terms like you know supar and and scalar and and you know uh, these things all have to do with uh, image uh, perceivabilities uh, and and a way of uh, of uprooting the unknown and and uh, so these all uh, these all these different kinds of transformations uh, sometimes um, you know masqueraded as magnitudes uh, have a lot more than just the sine and cosine uh, uh, in in the way of what the meaning is, and more than the matrices, the matrices or the orthogonal vectors. They they can they can take you into speculations. Believe me, of the unknown, and and uh, just like in the measurement of time, when we're looking at a day, you know, uh, in Second Peter three ten and Psalms one o five. It says a, a, a day uh, is is like a thousand years of of generation, so so the Bible the Bible modifies it'll, you know it'll say a day, and so minute you look at it and say a day okay that's that's twenty four hours that's a night and a day, and, and and you you put this conclusion to it if you move on from there and you don't use the modifier. That that tells you in in Second uh, uh, Peter three ten and Psalms one hundred and five uh, of 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 the ratio and the differentiation that sometimes the, that to God in the spiritual sense a physical day uh, uh, you know when it is when it is put into a spiritual setting is equal to a thousand years of generation and so. A thousand years for a twenty-four hours, and look at the difference that that is. How important that is, and uh, you know, uh, you know, what one day in the lifespan of a human, uh, uh, you know, is one thing. But when you look at that day as being a thousand years, in that day, uh, you know, uh, you you get a totally different revelation of what the the day really is is uh, meant to stand for and why sometimes there is you know the day of the lord and 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 so when people say the day of the lord they're you know they're thinking oh the, the lord's coming tomorrow or the lord's coming uh, on a day next week uh, uh or he's coming soon and, and they get into that that 24 hour a day idea uh and they miss the, the whole beatitude and revelation of the, of of the span of of and the greatness and the extent 
Um, uh, I mentioned earlier, we might mention, you know, the cubit. Um, one day is also, in some ancient writings, called a cubit. Uh, like two by two by two equal eight. Eight equals a new day. The eighth day is the day of circumcision of the heart and, and of a newborn generation. So here we see where as we take these measurements and we, we turn them from, from a 24-hour period to a thousand-year period, or we turn it from, from a cubit, you know, uh, uh, from one day, and, and we get this cubit meaning that moves it by two by two by two to equaling eight, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just an awesome, interesting uh, recognition of how far, how fast that, uh, that all of these things can move when we get into the language of the Bible in its deep and authentic interpretation. And when we begin to entrust uh, the Word of God to be a living Word uh, and, and, and to, to be far ahead uh, in its, uh, of, of any of the scrolls of deception, uh, it, it, it is a, a lexicon of symbolized and spiritualized terms and, and, uh, God wants you to know the height and He wants you to know the depth and He wants you to know the width and He wants you to measure it. He wants you to have a personal experience as we, as we have described it. Now, <clears throat> when we start talking about other spaces, and I can only read just a little bit of this, but in the manifest revelation, it talks about the Alpha Ages. The Alpha Ages was a time uh, that was prior to there ever being a universe. There were no universes in the first Alpha Ages. And in the first Alpha Ages, uh, there was no, there was no uh, first domain. Uh, God's Spirit uh, lived among uh, the, the the creation in a sort of uh, you know disconnected way, but nevertheless uh, lived among the creation. And when we get into these idea of other spaces, not of this world, uh, uh, here right from the Holy Manifest is a story that is just sensational, and it goes like this. Many manifold spans of successions ago, there existed worlds, Hebrews 11.3, uh, and creations of awesome orders, Isaiah 6.2 and Isaiah 46.9-10. In that great, great past, there existed dimensions of creations called inner alpha orders, Isaiah 41.4, Revelations 1.8. Those dimensions were so extensively diversified from universal scales, they would appear to address the infinitesimal and the the inverse. Hebrews 11.3, uh, things that are seen are made of things that do not appear. So this talks about a time in which some of the first creation of God was made, you know, more like the size of, of uh, you know, particles. Uh, they were just, they were infinitesimally small. And and uh, there is something about, something that is small can fit into almost everything that is big. Something that is big can only fit into things that are, you know, big enough to be fitted into by that big person. And And so this thing of space ends up having a different relationship 
dimensionally depending on the, the, the size and the measurement. So this thing of measuring the, the, the walls, measuring the city, measuring the environment is very, very important uh, to be able to extend your understanding of of all of the things that are invisible that God would like you to know and to understand. Now, from out of this Alpha Age uh, came the the uh, the first creation of the Gogs, and so this story in the Holy Manifest tells the story of the long truth about these Gogs, and uh, and in Ezekiel thirty-eight uh, sixteen through seventeen, uh, MIV. It says, Son of humanity, speak to Gog the principality, that would be Rosh, image from, uh, from, and this is Meshech, worlds past, Tubal, and say. So when they are using all these terms, like Meshech and Tubal and Rosh, uh, those words have meaning. And so then when you take the meaning of those words, translate them into the words of the scripture, so that they, they are removed from being the name of some city or the name of some people, then you get, you get a solution to the riddle, the akava, and, and you begin to, uh, be able to read what the, what the, what the message really is. And it says, and the Lord is against you, Gog. Therefore, when your image is brought forth from the depths of the sixth dimension to be used against the leaders and God's defenders, Israel, I will expose your secrets. Now, the word secrets there was taken from the word north because north many times represents the secret things, the unknown things. Ezekiel 39, 1 through 2. And, and, and O Gog, you, are you not the one of ex- anterior beginnings that I spoke of to my messengers? This refers to uh, lost books, uh, like the Book of Wars and so forth. Saying in the latter time, you would come against God's defenders. In God's defenders uh, is another meaning of the word Israel. When it says Israel, that actually means God's defenders. And uh, so as we begin to get into these real deep revelations about worlds that once were, spaces that are different kind of spaces than what we are talking about, that what we are recognizing, uh, we suddenly become open to, to some absolutely uh, in, incredible, beyond almost any imagination type of thing. And uh, <clears throat> so... You know, uh, all of these revelations of the Holy Manifest, even going back to the time when uh, when God f- formed Adam, and and uh, and what that meant. I've I've had a lady that has been asking me to explain how that Adam, you know, could be the Son of God and be made out of the earth. Well, uh, you know, that's no different when than when he was born of of Mary, because uh, what it is talking about is that the human body is made out of the elements of the earth. And the very name Adam actually means red clay, red soil, red dirt. And so, uh, and yet we find in Luke that it says that in the genealogy and, and, and Adam, who was the son of God. And so 
yes, it's not unusual that in addition to the human bodies, there are animals and fish and birds that were also made out of the earth elements. They're made different. They have a different chromosomes. They have different DNAs, uh, uh, you know, which differentiates them. And, of course, they have a temporal spirit, but the humans have an eternal spirit. And, and, you know, that is all part of the difference. But who would have known... Uh, that the four rivers coming out of of, the, of Eden, you know, like the Gihon, the Hedekel, and and Euphrates, and and Pison, that these rivers represented people. But when you really get into the scriptures, what the scripture really says and how it really speaks, it becomes so crystal clear that th- that these are talking about ancient pre-Adamic people, people that did not have souls that lived a long, long time before Adam. Adam was the first man with the soul. He brought into uh, the the the, uh, the earth uh, a civilization and 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 spirituality. Uh, but you had all these other kinds of 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 uh, of souls uh, of people that were soulless, and um, and it goes back it goes back hundreds and thousands of years. But you tell some of the Christian people that, and they're just angry because they think everything happened in six thousand years, and any date beyond that is folly. Well, they're going to have to get off that train because that's headed for a crash. And and I'm telling you, uh, the people that are on that kind of a train is are the kind of people, and they don't intend it, but they're 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 going to drag down the Bible, and harm the Bible, and harm uh, the message of God because they are they are actually failing to know the truth and be set free by that truth that has to do with with with, with the universe and the message of the universe. And 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 this message that is so powerful and and able you know to to cover everything that uh, that is uh, and and how that this message is in the Bible but it's invisible to most people most people cannot see it you know they don't know they didn't know that there is a is a, a writing about the the Pison man the Gihon the Hedekel the Euphrates that these are uh, uh, genetic rivers that they they aren't into the you know the, the advanced land ma- manual uh, mammal and 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 into that kind of a, a vocabulary uh, they they uh, don't have the understanding of why uh, that this was all necessary and 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 how that as a result of the war that took place in the heavens a uh, 12th chapter revelations between Lucifer and and Michael and 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 what the meaning of that all was, and how the effect of that, uh, you know, brought all these things upon uh, humankind, and and have affected this whole long drawn out, uh, you know, situation that that exists. They they're not aware of that. They they've missed it. They've missed so much. It's just so incredibly uh, sad, uh, you know. When 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 they look at you know words in the Bible and like a word like aster, uh, they they don't realize that that same word is used to describe stars of the host of the seven spirits of God, uh, and like uh, that is a related word to Esther, who 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 uh, as was a, a Persian, 
and uh, and and it is a n- name, uh, literally meaning a star, uh, Asterus, and uh, is the same thing as Esther, and and so those things are missed because people are not embodied with that kind of a faith, and and are not really interested in in uh, you know the 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 codices that reveal uh, particulars about ancient names. Uh, and they're not interested in the songs of the heavenly hosts. They're not interested in the, the morning star, which were the light bearers and the light brings. Uh, they're, they're not interested in the root breakdown of the, of the Hebrew uh, uh, revelation. Uh, you know, and, 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 and things like even in Second Peter 1, 9, where the word phosphorus was used to denote day star. Phosphorus, an element, was used to denote day star. But that is so important as we begin to see these things about earthly elements and, and how that, that, that not, although they were used in a physical way to make a physical being, they incorporated additionally a spiritual meaning, which was, which was, universally uh, uh, symbolic in, in in the starry heavens. Uh, and then, of course, there was yet a third uh, meaning, the hundredfold meaning, that would go beyond the thirtyfold and beyond the sixtyfold, which then would 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 go lift it up out of the uh, as, as stars, uh and this, and that whole thing and bring it into the literal creature, the the literal soul uh, entity, and uh, so those things are just as absolutely essential to know. You know, for instance, the Hebrew of the Old uh, Testament has only 6,000 words. Now get all of this. The Old Testament Hebrew has only 6,000 words. But they were, but the, there's many, many more words than that in the Old Testament. And how could that be? Because those other many, many words were all derived from about 500 roots of the Hebrew language. So from 500 roots of the Hebrew language, because of that diversification and because of all of those other aspects that were put in there that are part of the Hebrew language, uh, um, uh, the, the one single word can have a great variety of meaning. And, and, and until those uh, understandings are, are realized, then the people are going to be you know, in darkness and and, uh, and they're they're going to miss out, you know, identifying some of these truths. Uh, you know, there, there there's Hebrew revelation that is, uh, you know, uh, identical or maybe not identical, but it identifies with the Phoenician language, and 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 uh, uh, and also the Semitic language of, of the Moabites, and and uh, you know, this thing of the Hebrew goes way way back and and uh, this revelation of the the riddle solution uh, of of the akava uh, is is so important for for people to to want to be a part of to want to know the truth to want to to come into the understanding of that truth and and uh, uh, be w- willing to really 
really get in to to uh, that utterance and, and that ultimacy that uh, that you know is uh, being spoken that that God wants wants to feel. We we were able to show uh, when we were doing you know these teachings about the last dragon. Uh, we were able to show that in addition to you know a lot of the fossilized remains that are uh, dug up archaeological proofs of of there having been these various kind of animals and and you know it was only in the 1800s that the um, that the that the uh, the the uh, various kinds of uh, of uh, you know dinosaurs uh, were named dinosaurs before the dinosaurs were named dinosaurs they were called dragons and, and so it's uh, it's so important that that as language slips over the crest and moves down into its changing course of evolution that that there is gained some new consensus of new ideas and expansion but at the same time there is a displacement of the ancient things and so in the revelation of Akava, we want to be able to retain the, the, the landmarks and not remove them and then add to that also the new meanings uh, that are being unfolded and the wrinkles are being pressed out of uh, because that is the beauty of the living word of God. And, and so as we get into all these revelations like of the last dragon, uh, you know, uh, the uh, apocalyptic signs uh, begin to have a different meaning uh, than than what is being given uh, about them uh, by a lot of of so-called church believers. So so uh, the war of the dragons has got to be taken into consideration in a new and serious way. You know, you've got to realize that even in these the reckoning of this thing of the of the dragons. There's a <clears throat> cosmic dragon, which like this literal uh, 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 dragon that's that's made out uh, made from stars, and uh, and formed symbolically in the heavens is literally there. It, 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 there's a lot of meaning to that. And then there's the uh, you know the animal dragon, and then there's the the devil a dragon and a devil serpent and and these things have, have have got to be understood because if you don't understand you know the ancient image depictions and 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 how that they are not only written in universal starry signs but uh that with the smallest amount of of imagination that is totally furnishable and 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 uh, and cor- and correct to have, but according to the Bible, uh, you can suddenly uh, learn, and you can suddenly come into identifying, uh, you know, all of these the, these many other uh, uh, things that have happened, and, and that are that are actually historical, and and they they need to be followed through. They need people need to get into this. Uh, what I have in mind to do. And I want to share this with you as we're starting to come into this new year. Uh, these teachings like this with this, the universe and some of these teachings, at some point when we get the, the Bible College Correspondence School really going, we want to 
to then assign uh, lessons on these broadcasts that have been given and 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 uh, and questions and answers that people need to study and by doing that they can end up uh, eventually earning a full uh, you know collegiate uh, you know a, a degree and uh, we want them to know this is coming up the road we're moving toward it we've got a lot on the table and there's there's uh, you know very few of us that are, that are in the actuation of it and the finances of course are pretty uh, funny sometimes uh, and pretty tight but I mean we thank God for everything that God is doing and that's what we're going to concentrate on and we're not going to concentrate on, on any negative uh, we know that and we showed this in the scripture in Revelations how that right now the kingdoms of this earth are under the jurisdiction of Lucifer, but the uh, of Lucifer, Satan. But that's going to change, and and in Matthew four eight, uh, we know that that because of that, Satan showed Jesus the kingdoms of the universe, and the kingdoms of the earth, and uh, you know he, he's still pretty confident that his actions that he has taken uh, against uh, the, the Ophanims uh, was a correct one. But you know he said it for judgment eventually, and 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 it will happen. But the people, in understanding that, have to understand the earth is not the whole world; it is only a small fraction of this war, uh, of this universe. And and uh, the terms in the Bible, like forever, uh, are are synonymous with meaning uh, the close of the universe. So so. Uh, a forever is when the universe closes. A forever is 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 over, and and that's why there can be a forever and an ever. So um, uh, we just we just cannot miss those things. We we've got to you know to keep it all uh, straight and 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 we've got to keep it uh, you know uh, so that we understand all the signs of the of the five strings of resonance that that uh, have to do about the uh, the last dragon, the last enemy, death, and 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 how that those particular strings, uh, you know, all of resonance, all have their their applications, and and they have their their time. Uh, you know, we're 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 going to be revealing uh, some pretty profound, deep things, but on this last day, last few minutes of 2012 here's what I want to chime here's what I want to say we've had a great year and I based that measurement on the word of God the profound word of God that has that has been uh, crystallized in into a tape ministry and and that there are uh, lots and lots of people that are listening on some of our our blogs uh, and and uh, and some of these uh, things we made available. You know, we're, we're getting up there to sixty, uh, sixty to seventy thousand viewings and listenings that that people have been into, 
And so there is really a structure that is building up, and people are really interested and they're really listening. But I, I have to apologize and want to apologize to some of you people that have asked questions, and I have not been able to get back to you. Uh, there's just been too much on the table for just one almost 75-year-old man to be able to do. And and I will get back to you when I can. But please do not think you are being ignored. You are not being ignored. And, and I pray about all your letters every day. And, and I will eventually try to get everyone's answered. And I want to thank all you people who have helped us financially, even even the small small gifts that some of you give. That we do not take it for granted, and we thank you. And I want to thank you, people who have been faithful followers. Uh, you know, in, in the in uh, 2012 and the years prior to that. And I want you to be excited to get some of these excitons moving in in your mind and moving in your body, because there are some awesome revelations. I thought about getting into a few of them today, but when we cut it down to three hours, I knew I better not try it because it it really takes longer. I, I used to do uh, sessions in which I would teach almost, you know, like five hours, six, seven, eight hours. I, I, would, I would just teach like all day and, and uh, uh, to try to get this message out and to get people to really understand it. It's really neat to have the continuity so that, that you start a subject and you're able to gradually build it for people to listen to and to comprehend. And as they listen to it and they comprehend it, they begin to realize what an incredible revelation of God it is. And this is not made of man. This was revealed by Gabriel the Archangel. And and uh, I have no credit for these things if it was not for the Holy Spirit. And, and the word that I've received, uh, you know, many years ago from Gabriel the Archangel, I would not know all this manifest uh, realization. I would not understand it. But but God has given it to me, and, and I want to with the last every every atom and molecule to the last atom and molecule, get this message out to the world and and have people understand because this message defends the truth. This message defends the Bible. It glorifies the Bible, and the Bible glorifies it. It honors and 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 gives the proper honor to the Father which art in heaven and to His Son Jesus Christ. Uh, it it also also uh, gets the revelation of the spirit to spirit revelation, which is many, many, many uh, uh, steps advance to the laying on of hands ministry. We're not putting that down. We're not dislocating it, setting that aside. But the spirit to spirit is where everything's are moving in this new modern age. Uh, and and with the spirit to spirit, you know, you, you don't have to have travel time. It could be instantaneous, uh, like over a telephone or or just across the the the, the radio waves or uh, across the uh, the airwaves. Uh, it, it's just a, a 
incredibly important tool uh, for healing, for deliverance, uh, for, for, for dealing with, with people in their spirit mind instead of just their flesh mind, for dealing with people in their spirit uh, complexities rather than their physical complexities. And it's so important, those kind of messages, those kind of revelations, the revelation of Latolution. Uh, the revelation of transassimilation, all of these teachings, uh, you know, uh, of 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 the of the holy manifest, uh, you know, they're yes, they're books, they're books and books and books. But thank God for that. Thank God for the variety. Thank God for 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 the wholesome collection of it. And and. Pray with me and dedicate yourself. Uh, I'm sure there must be people out there that are listening to this message and God is dealing with you to to get in and be a backer of of this message with your prayers, uh, with, with, you know, whatever God gives you in talent that you may be able to help us with or whatever God puts on you uh, to help us get this message out because it is a message of messages. It it is uh, something that uh, that God is uh, showing uh, His uh, people today that is going to go out over the waves uh, that that travel and traverse the world. Blessed be the name of God. So we do not want to hesitate. We do not want to to let. Uh, perplexities uh, uh, defer us. Uh, we know that in the Bible, uh, through through the various uh, revelations that are in the Bible, how that it tells us the story. Uh, you know, going from Nimrod on, it tells us about uh, about Nimrod and and his who his father was, which was Baal, and 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 uh, it, it 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 tells us. You know who his who, who his wife was, and and how that uh, uh, you know he was involved uh, with with uh, these people that that were recognized as as queens and gods, and uh, uh, you know uh, Ast- Astoreth, uh, uh queen of heaven, uh, was. His wife, and and uh, and this whole story is in the Bible. And when you look it up and you get it and you do all this dissecting that I have described to you uh, is available uh, and is and is is there in, in the Akava uh, and and as the solution of riddles, and and we get into the different root root offsets of the Hebrew and the Greek, we're all suddenly. It just opens up like a spring, and you you see these things so profoundly, and you say, "I've got to have that. I have got to have that. I've got to have that knowledge," and that's what this is about. That's here we are. I know I've had people prophesy that I would be dead uh, over many many years. There's been people make made prophesies prophecy that that. God's going to smite me and knock me down and kill me. I'd be dead. Here I am. 
almost 75 years old, still going strong, still on fire, with, the, with that fire burning, burning like a rage in my bones, wanting to get this message out, wanting to get this word out to the multitudes. And I need, I need partners uh, uh, of prayer. I need partners of hope. I need people who love this message and they want to get it out. And I want to encourage you to not be discouraged as you minister and preach this message. God is getting ready to raise up many manifestors. And, and they're going to be sent out with this message. You'll be equipped. We're going to try to have the books ready for you to teach from and, and to be able to go out and minister. We just need time to be kind to us. We just need people to stand by us. And, and to help us in the ways that we need to be able to get this message out. Because this message is the message of the hour. And it is from, is from the Holy Father, which art in heaven. And, and we are so excited to be able to see the healings that have taken place. To see the people that, that call me. And, and they want to talk and talk and talk because they're so excited about this message. And I have now quite a number of people that want to minister this message. They want to preach it. They want to manifest it because they know it's true. How many people I've had that have told me that when they first heard this word, they said, wow, that's not like I've heard any place. I've never heard this anywhere else on the Internet. No one else is preaching this. I've not heard this in any of the churches. How can that be? And then they listen, and they get more interested. And then they hear the scriptures. They look them up, they study them, and they see that they back the word of God. And, and then as they keep moving on into the revelation of these, of these profound things, uh, they begin to see that it is truly at this time in the world, a time that God has chosen, and anointed to to bring his people together and 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 to do wonderful things. I want to share with you, Telestesian wise, what is coming upon the earth, what is not coming, and how that there is a long, long time spread ahead of us. Daniel was a great man, but he he made some errors. He had tried to figure out time based on the books and based on what the scholars of his day and time had for interpretations. They were wrong. They were absolutely wrong. And God sent the angel Gabriel to him to show him his mistakes on the time. And until Daniel could get that revelation and 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 be willing to listen to that revelation, he was lost in the fumblings of, of people who were called scholars that thought they knew the truth and nothing but the truth, but did not know the truth and were far removed from it. And God began to reveal the long truth of the time. And, and, and that revelation, uh, you know, is incorporated in the Bible. And, and it's got to get out to the people. And people have got to come into that realization, uh, you know, of of all the things that God is doing. <clears throat> now, I'm going to pray for you people that have been fighting sickness and disease. Uh, our Heavenly Father, our Holy Heavenly Father, reach out your hand today all across the world. Touch the people that are suffering in so many different ways. Suffering physical, 
pain in their bodies, suffering from diseases, suffering from genetic defects, suffering from uh, mental uh, uh, dislocations, uh, fighting obsessions, fighting depression. Oh God, reach down your love. Reach down your love. Move upon your people, the manifester sons and daughters, and cause them to be endowed with the gifts of healing, to be able to to speak it, and it is done, to be able to to uh, send it, and it is done. Oh God, I I pray, Lord, for world peace. I pray for world salvation. I pray, oh God, for world deliverance from the destructive side of nature, that you will spare the earth and give the earth a long, long time before we must face some of the destructive things of nature, both from the earth and from space. I pray, O oh God, that you will give us time to get this message out across all the world, that you will give us time to uh, show this truth and to grow this truth like a forest of trees. I pray, God, that these trees will have a sweet smell to them. And this smell will just wait until there comes a holy wind, a rushing mighty wind of the Holy Ghost. And it just picks up that, that scent of those trees and, and, and of their blossoms and just moves it across the face of the earth to the north and the south to the east and to the west, to the high places and the low places, to the mountain peaks and the valley low. Oh God, let your word go forth as a sweet-smelling scent and let it heal and let it be, be an embracement of love. Let it be a format of love and let it reveal love in a way that that will save people from their sins, that will heal people of their sicknesses, that will lift them, guide them, encourage them, and give them a sensation of faith that will carry them from moment to moment, from day to day, from week to week, from month to month, from year to year, on and on and on, further and further toward that streaming flow of the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you. We praise you. We glorify your name. And we thank you, Lord, for this year as it is coming to a close. We only have now about five minutes, Lord, and we thank you that all this year that we have been able to do so many good things and, and your word has been so good. And we thank you, Lord, that you have kept us, you know, uh, uh, with our health. And, and, and though we've had our bouts with occasional sickness, you've always brought us through. We praise you for that. We do not take it for granted. And we just ask, oh God, right now, Lord, that, that, that you will increase this, that there will be a magnitude of, of, of in, of the increasing of, of the healing of people and of the deliverance of people. And we pray, O oh God, that you will open the minds of the multitudes to this holy manifest realization and that they will, when they hear this word, they will know 
that they know that they know that this is the word of God. Praise be your holy, wonderful name. So as we come to a goodbye, and my wife will be playing on their Baldwin organ these last few minutes of the 2012, as we then move with the music of hymn and song into the year 2013, I bless you, I love you, I thank you, and I pray for you. Happy New Year to all of you. Amen.